Welcome to Testers and Jesters, the show where two friends roleplay and explore in Dungeons and Dragons. This week, instead of Matt coming, because he's very busy right now, I'm here with Scott. Hooray! I'm here! Yeah, we're gonna do this. So, we're doing Stormy Night at the Manor. It's a pretty simple story. There's a creepy mansion in the middle of the woods near a small town. And through a series of random rolls or choices, you can generate a complete and different story every time. That's the theory on this book that I've tried to write. So, last time we did this was the first episode. Matt rolled and he got the dark voice, constructs, birthright, and hired job. So what that meant was Matt's character was hired to track down some criminals and on the way... He heard this creepy, dark voice in his head, and this storm forced him into this old mansion, and he fought a bunch of living tools, and it turned out that that voice was an evil wizard in, like, a giant robot alien from Alien's body, and uh, he killed him and destroyed his brain and left. So this time, we're going to get a completely different story, just by generating these things. The same maps and the same locations and the same people, even, but with a completely different story. I need you to roll four d6s. I got one, two, three, four. Wow, really? Yeah. Okay, one, two, three, four is great. So, this time we rolled a murder mystery dinner filled with vengeance, nightmares with horrible horrors in the wings is about to commence. Please tell uh, the audience about your character, Scott. So, I have a kanku, an owl kanku. Going by the name of War Kahu. They were basically a street urchin for a while, raised by their father when they were itty bitty, but quickly had to grow up when their father died. As a Kanku, they were skilled in mimicry and quickly realized that the guards around their hometown were highly respected. The townsfolk looked up to them, respected them, gave them discount here and there. War kind of saw that and decided he was going to emulate it. As a Kenku, he can mimic things, so he decided he was going to mimic their fighting styles, their behavior, and, you know, see how far that can take him. He's gotten him pretty far, too. Trained himself to become a fighter. Uh, we're also testing a subclass, I guess would be the word, for the gorilla fighter. Yep, so uh, a while back, I made a bunch of classes with Matt that we were going to put into our book that we were working on. And one of them was the Gorilla Fighter, which is basically just Rambo, where he's a fighter that can make a bunch of different traps and set them up ahead of time to sort of mess with people and to throw them out in combat. So yeah, your character, we're, we're testing it out, and yeah, you picked Gorilla Fighter. It sounded interesting. Uh, so yeah, you're an Owlman from... Uh, the city of Wallhaven. You lived on the streets, and you decided to become like the guards of that city, the Wallhaven police. You got yourself a mithril jacket, like mithril armor, went out into the world, started exploring. You have nothing but a spear, a net, and a bunch of traps that you've constructed, and you're ready to go out and explore the world. Is there anything you want to say about your character? Do you want to give any, like, facts or, like, anything that you want to express about your character before we start. I feel like I've covered the, you know, the important bit, so 
he had a token from his father. It's just a piece of polished wood, and his father told him it was special. He's used to a lot of jagged edges, so it was so smooth and nice. It's kind of trash, but, you know, it's special trash. Yeah, he grew up in this place called New Acton, which is like this city made out of docks and sharp edges and loose nails, and it's just a hobbled-together mess of, like, driftwood. And his dad found some driftwood, cleaned it up, polished it nice and smooth, and gave it to him and said it was special. And now he carries it with him always. Why did you go traveling outside the city? Might be some wild boars or something out there, you know, actual good eating. You headed south from the city to go and hunt like you always do. And the swamps always feel very safe and secure for you. And you feel really at home there. And you build these complicated traps in order to catch these animals and kill these animals so that you can bring them back home. You were an owl man named War who grew up on the rough slums docked streets. New Acton, it's called. A small little town of docks and rotting wood and sharp nails. You decided to be like the police that sometimes came mm-hmm. in to gain respect and to keep yourself safe. Your father gave you some polished wood and told you it was special. One day he died, and then you were left alone in the city. And to survive, you went off and hunted farther and farther out from the city using these makeshift traps you learned how to make over time. Studying with kobolds in the city who knew how to make traps, picking up other people's traps, looking into traps, buying and selling traps. Slowly you got better and better at crafting and making these weapons that you can use to hunt down animals in the woods and more and more it became a part of you and you became a gorilla fighter a person who takes down things in the middle of the woods using these like sophisticated contraptions you've made and lately you've been wandering farther and farther away hunting farther and farther south and you've been having while camping and sleeping under the stars horrible nightmares you keep seeing this old mansion and the mansion is surrounded by these powerful storms of lightning and thunder and this strange magical colors around it in the sky sort of an aurora borealis the sky itself seems to dance around this mansion and you're not quite sure why you keep dreaming about it because you've never seen a place like this before it doesn't make any sense to you why you keep dreaming about this place this old mansion in front of a lake with a graveyard in the back and you're not quite sure how you feel about it and while sort of aimlessly wandering through the woods looking for more animals to hunt you couldn't believe your eyes in front of you is the mansion it doesn't make any sense why it's here or how it's real but it's there just staring at you You can hear the thunder and the storms around it, but it almost calls to you. You can almost feel as if you're supposed to be there. What do you do? I walk ever closer. You slowly walk more and more toward this mansion as it's pulling you in, and you see others outside the mansion. Three people standing outside the mansion, staring into it, almost obsessed. Mm. And they seem drawn to it just like you. I walk up to the closest one. <clears throat> uh, citizen, uh, 
what is this place? This woman staring at the blankly at this mansion, she says, I seen it in my dreams. It's beautiful. Feel like it's home. Like we should be here. And she doesn't even look at you. She's just staring at the mansion. Right, yeah. I do the classic, like, put my hand in front of them and wave it up and down, see if they're aware. As you put your hand in front of her, every time your hand crosses her face, she, like, ducks to try and see the mansion still. She keeps trying to move away from your hand to see the mansion and just stare at it. And the other two seem to be doing the same. One of them is dressed in a guard's uniform. One of them is dressed in a priest's robes. And the woman you are speaking to is dressed in bartending clothes. I go ahead and ask the other two, like, what what is this place? Why are they here? And for brevity, I'm just, you know, I just walk up and ask. You walk up to the two men and ask them the same question. Right. The guard-looking man says, it's so safe in there. I've been seeing it in my dreams also, and I feel like I could be protected in there. And the priest looks at you and he says, I feel like Alameus himself created this place. It's a holy site. Hmm. Um, I need you to make a wisdom save. Oh boy, that's a three. Okay, as you are talking to them, you catch a glimpse of the mansion and you immediately become enthralled by it. Has anyone actually been inside? As you say inside, you blink... And suddenly, you are inside the mansion. Oh, good timing. And the rest of the people are standing in the room looking around. Where are we? They all say at the exact same time, Home. As they say that, you suddenly hear the doors behind you slam. And instantly, you feel like this place doesn't feel like home at all. Are, Are you sure this is... Home? Doesn't feel homey. Three more people walk out. Three women walk out. One in more priest-like robes, but a different kind of robe. The other in pastor's clothes. Hmm. And the last one in guard armor, but way higher rank armor. And they all seem to walk out of where they were. uh, From down the stairwell um, into this large lobby you are sitting in. As you look more at the lobby, you notice that it is very dimly lit, and you're not quite sure where these lights are coming from. Everyone in the room seems to be alert and no longer obsessed with this place being home as soon as those doors shut. So you are now all sitting in a room together, and you all seem very confused. Huh. What do you do? I ask one of the women, um, what, what is this place? The woman in the middle walks out. She seems very cold and distant, but she's wearing this priestess clothing. And she says, this place is hell. Hmm. This is a horrible place and you never should have come. I am Zaris. I'm a priestess from nearby. And I've never felt a more unholy place in my life. How long have you been here? I've been here a day. Uh, The other person, the pastor, she says, I've been here... For a few hours, uh, the lieutenant walks up and she says, I've been here for only a couple of minutes. And this man walks up, this bartender, hmm. and he says, uh, I just got here, but how did I get upstairs? 
You're all sitting in this lobby where there's a large staircase in the middle of it and a carpeted floor upstairs. There's doors to your west and east, and the door you came from seems to have shut. Everyone is a little scared and confused. Looking at all the people, you can tell that there are a few priests, three priests of different faiths, a male bartender and a female bartender, and two guards from the nearby town. And all of you are sitting in this big wooden lobby, like standing, confused. What do you do? Double check the door. Roll a strength check. 19. Uh, With a 19, you pull open the doors. Huh? Well, we're not going to be here for much longer then, huh? (laughs) I walk out the door. (laughs) As you walk out the door, you are back outside. And everyone starts racing after you, trying to get out of the door. They're like, the door is open! The door is open! We gotta go now! Get the fuck out of this horrible place! And the other three are like, what the fuck? What is going on? And they follow you out. You see another person run out behind them. He seems like he's got an insignia of a captain. And everyone makes it outside. What do you do? Uh, I mean, I could just walk away now. I try to walk away. Just like, oh, that was weird, but thank goodness I never have to go back inside that mansion again. As you start to walk away, there seems to be something in the shadows watching you. You can see eyes in the distance. At that point, I'm dropping the act of like, wait, what? what's that in the, in the trees? What's that? I point... I I assume everyone's still running past. Yeah, so people start scattering. And you say, what is that in the trees? Uh, This woman, the pastor, she starts running at full speed past you. And you point at the trees and you say, in the trees, there's someone in the trees. And suddenly, you see her fall to the ground as a shadowy figure moves over her. What do you do? What? Wait a minute. Okay, I I tried to go the other way. You start to run back toward the mansion in the other direction to try to run where everyone else is going. Yeah, so you see this woman, the thing bites her, you see her immediately start bleeding, and your first thought is, oh fuck, and you turn around and run the other direction to try to get out, and you see, you cannot tell what happens to her since you turned around and ran. You can just hear a crunching sound and screaming. You start running the other way, and you see this bartender man running, this lieutenant, this other woman. Everybody's running the other way now, terrified. There's another man who runs out of the building and he says, quick, come back inside. Are you idiots? And another man also walks out and he says, like a younger man. And he says, please, Deacon, Father, you need to come back in now. He seems to know everyone. And as they are running, they all turn around and look at them. And you see, Lieutenant, a horrifying creature, the likes of which you've never seen before, appear. You see a horrible monster appear. This gray creature, six eyes and dozens of spiky, protruding, talon-like teeth, the size of a bear, and it screeches at you. What do you do? Uh, okay, yeah. At this point, yeah, just like, okay, no, it's not safe out here. Back into the side. Back inside. By the way, was that a clip you played of the monster screeching, or was that you? No, that was me. I did that. Okay, nice. I made that noise. Okay, so you turn around, horrified by what you've seen, and you race in at full speed, uh, and everyone begins to follow you. At the back of the pack is this captain, 
and he's running at full speed, but he was too, already farther ahead than everyone. And the creature goes up behind him, and it claws at his back. It strikes into him, and these massive gashes go in the back of him, and they resonate with black shadowy energy from the cut, and he just keeps running, and you all make it back inside. As you went into the door, you look out, and you see the woman that you originally saw get bit, and there is some kind of creature eating her and it looks you and stares you directly in the eyes this horrifying monster with bright white dead eyes a horrifying toothy mouth that seems to break through its face and spikes all over its body stares at you as you run inside bar the doors roll a uh strength check and a sleight of hand check sleight of hand is 28 in total Strength is 19 in total. You take a uh, sconce from the side of the wall and you shove it into the door frame. And then you take another sconce and you shove it between the door bars and you seal it as tight as you've ever sealed anything. Your hands move insanely quick as you're just like locking this door down more than you've ever locked anything down in your life. And all the people are just watching you as you like seal this door. Well, help me! And you turn around and you see them all staring at you. Roll a persuasion check with advantage. 20 and 21, okay. You have convinced people more than you've ever convinced anyone. Your voice is booming with authority as you perfectly mimic the sounds of a police chief announcing to an entire, like, war-torn, battlefield-written city for help. Everyone immediately looks to you like you are their hero. The shaman, the one who asked everybody to come in, runs up to you and immediately starts helping you. And the young pastor, who was also with him, runs up and starts barring it with you. And you all perfectly secure the door together. The three soldiers stand at attention for you. And the priests stay in the back, looking on you with respect. The two bartenders are shocked at how impossibly charismatic you were in that moment and you are now standing and everyone is staring at you the door is now perfectly secured what do you do what is this place what is this place you hear a voice in all of your minds and the voice says welcome to the party here you will all die hmm what party um, the voice echoes in all of your minds. You have all been brought here so that you may all watch each other die in horrible pain to feed us, service us, explore the manor, enjoy the refreshments. Death will come upon you soon. My little helpers will make it so. There you go. Hmm. Well, stay inside until day... Uh, suddenly, the lights lift up and the mansion looks more uh, homely. As you say, we should wait until daytime. The shaman and the young pastor say, You heard him. He's in charge here. And they walk up to everyone else. The parties, the people in the building seem to break into small groups. All the guards stick together. All the priests stick together, and the two bartenders are off on the side together. Yeah, so there's a group of five 
a group of three and a group of two. All right. First things first, going to instruct the bartenders like, no, no, no. Uh, two in a group is not going to work. I don't, it's, I gotta assume it's better in here than it is out there. But we, like, once one of you goes down, the other's gonna be picked off like that. Uh, the two of them look at you. Okay, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Uh, and they back up over toward the guards to sort of huddle behind them. And they're like, protect us, please. Uh, the bartender woman looks at the lieutenant and she says to her, please, Annie, just protect me. I am so scared. I just, you guys are, you, you professionals. And they say, yes. Oh, you know each other. They say, uh, we're all from, uh, Fort Penn. Huh. The bartender says. Some of us are from the bar, some of us are guards, and some of us are from the, the church. And, uh, I guess, yeah, we all know each other. We, none of us know who you are. Who are you? <clears throat> I'm, uh, I'm a guard from Walhaven. Yes. Um, they immediately are like, oh. A guard. The senior officer, the captain, the one who got cut on his back, walks up to you and he holds out his hand and he says, nice to meet you. And he holds out his hand for you. I hesitantly shake it. Yes. Yes, of course. It's nice to meet someone of such high caliber. He shakes your hand, make a persuasion or an intimidation check. One of those. 14. That comes to 16. (laughs) Two of you respect each other equally. Uh, you've never felt things be more right than in this moment. And all the uh, fellow guards salute you, and the two bartenders seem to feel safer with you there. The five priests in the other side of the room are all talking to each other about something. As you're standing with this guard shaking his hand, you see who seems to be the leader of all these religious people walking up the uh, stairwell. The, the newfound leader of the priests walks up the stairs on the velvet carpet and then upstairs Hmm. out of sight time to explore the mansion i guess what do you do go up the stairs follow stay together okay do you say anything to the two groups of people in the lobby if you're gonna wander please 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 make sure you're in a group a big group like like what we got right now and yeah i've Two people want to come with me, I would happily accept. Yeah, the captain and the bartender join up with you. The bartender guy says, uh, yeah, I'm coming with you. I'm not staying anywhere else. You seem like the only person who can cover my ass, so please uh, protect me. And he sticks with you. And he looks at you and he says, hi, my name's All right. Cash. All right, Cash. Uh, I work at the bar. Please don't let me die. Please. And the other guy says, uh... I'm Captain Orvine. I'm in charge of all the people here. So I'm your second in command, man. And you look at him and you see the scar on his back that's glowing with like the black gooey energy from before when he got scratched. You got scratched? You okay? Uh, yeah, I, I don't feel anything. Is it bad? How about this look? Make a medicine check. Seven, he's fine. <laughs> Cash is like, yeah, looking great, dude. He puts up a thumbs up and he's like, kind of not really telling the truth there. Uh, the three of you begin walking and you see the uh, the one woman, the, the priestess walking away from you and she's kind of turning the corner. What do you do? Yeah, follow her. Definitely, yeah. Dark, scary house. Do not let anyone be alone. All right. The three of you begin following her. 
and she walks into this big room and you follow her in and you see two large dining tables made of old oak wood and they are filled to the brim with food it suddenly appears in front of you all this wonderful looking food hmm okay yeah i'm gonna roll inside making sure this is legit i rolled a five food looks so good <laughs> you are starving. You haven't been eating for days, and you haven't been catching a lot of animals recently because you've been going farther and farther out looking for them. Right. This area is, like, so barren of animals. It's really weird. And now you might understand why there hasn't been any animals. Uh, and you feel like you have to eat something. Roll a con save. Oh, not 20. Okay. You feel your stomach vibrating and... And bubbling up and you're just starving and you feel so hungry and you look at the food and then you go i've gone worse i've had worse i've i've been poor i know i cannot eat cash immediately sits down and starts eating and he looks at you and he's like oh man it's so good oh oh i've been starving the captain looks at him and he's like yeah i don't know about this guy dude the priestess seems to just continue walking and she goes toward the kitchen yeah, I go ahead and follow her. Good idea. Uh, as you start walking, the the captain stays with Cash, and Cash is still eating. Uh, you look around the corner and see the priestess, and she walks up to the the kitchen, like into the kitchen, up to a cutting board, and just starts cutting vegetables and food. And she starts making herself something to eat. You feeling all right? She says, I've been here for an entire day. This is normal at this point. I've just been, you know, sitting around. I've been all over this place. Uh, most of us don't want to, didn't want to leave farther out. But uh, yeah, there's there's a kitchen here. There's a dining room. We can eat here. There's a guest wing upstairs on the third floor. This place is really big, and there's a lot of places. And I don't know where is safe anymore. Okay. I do know that if we go outside, those things will be waiting for us. And I don't know what we're supposed to do. As far as you know, it's safe in here i mean as safe as it was before uh none of those things have come in here yet hmm. but i don't know i don't i don't know what what the plans that voice has for us i've just been kind of chilling i'm pretty uh, independent i can survive on my own so i don't really need anybody with me hmm. but yeah this place is terrifying that's all she really says she just goes back to cooking well. Glad you can look after yourself, but don't be afraid to ask us. I've tried living by myself for a long time, too, and you can do it. It's rough, though. She looks at you and stops doing what she's doing, and she kind of holds your bird hand wing. Thank you. Uh, and she looks you in the eyes and she says, it's okay. I understand. I can see your pain. You've lost someone, and I can tell. So she's looking at you, and she's looking at your pocket. And she says, uh, he left you something, uh, a token to remember him by, and uh, I think you need yeah. to keep strong with what you have. And she seems to know things that she shouldn't know. Pull my hand back, I guess. I check my pockets, uh, You too. pull back her, your hand, and she just goes back to making food. Okay. Uh, not right now. Yeah, as you check your pocket, the wood is still there. She hasn't done anything. And you do you take the wood out and look at it to see if it's okay? Or Yeah, she seems to know things right. that she shouldn't be able to know. But you can hear the other two eating in the other room. The one guy, Cash, eating. Mm. I'm going to go back to eating then. 
<laughs> you walk back out and you see Cash, and he's perfectly fine. Yeah. He says, yeah. I don't know what you guys are worried about. This was great. If they wanted to kill us, we'd already be dead. Clearly, they want to do something. Might as well eat while we're waiting. Maybe. Or maybe, you know, what this food is poisoned or... I don't, I don't know. It's just hard to tell. We saw this place in our dreams, and you think it's just safe to eat the food. I'm not sure. Uh, shit. <laughs> mm. He immediately stops eating, and he's like, oh, I didn't, I didn't really think about that. I just saw the food. I was really hungry. I wanted to eat. Man, you're a smart guy. Or owl. You're a smart bird, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and the captain says, uh, what rank are you, sir? Um, um, first, first class. Roll up, roll deception. I rolled a two, so that's a nine. You know, first, first, first class, you know. <laughs> he looks at you and he eyes you suspiciously. And he's, he's wonder he's really thinking about it. And he's like, hmm. well, I guess he's a first class. I... That must be a rank in the city I haven't heard of. The newfound police force, you know, Wallhaven PD. Right. right. They're not like normal guards. They got extra shit going on. I mean, he's wearing their uniform, so I don't know, man. But uh, I guess we'll call him first class. We'll just call him sir. And Cash is like, all right, whatever. Whatever you want me to call him. And he just starts eating again. Wait. What? What is Oh, fuck. Mmm. What? I ate again. Oh, dang. I didn't even think about it. Well, maybe you were right. Yeah, mate. Yeah, it would be a little odd for us to be facing monsters and then come in here for... I don't know. Ugh. As, as you say that, uh, the other... The rest of the group you were with before comes in. There's two soldiers and the bartender woman. They come in and they start sitting down. And this man looks out and he's like, Are we eating? Is this... Is this food good? Are we safe? Uh, or maybe investigation? Yeah. Okay. That one. Sure. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you pick up the food and, like, smash it. And you're like, it's good. You're just tired of fighting it. So you just sit down and start eating. Everybody comes in to this room and starts eating. Everybody's here. Nobody went missing. The priests all sit together. Your group sits together. Right. Uh, and they're, and everyone is sort of eating and acting, trying to act like everything's normal. About an hour passes as you all eat. And you can sort of hear things outside of the walls scratching on the doors and thunder and lightning in the distance. Yeah. And you can feel as if if you left this building, you would immediately die. And they're not going anywhere. So, you all sit... And you aren't sure what to do. And uh, a couple of people are starting to think that this is all bullshit. You guys saw those things out there. Were those real or is this some kind of game? Is someone messing with us? It feels like this is bullshit. Well, I agree that this kind of does feel like bullshit, but we might as well see the rest of this house, I guess. And I turn to the woman who has been here for the day and... You know, just like, you know, this place fairly well, you say? Show us the ins and outs. She says, yes. Um, my name is Zaris, by the way. Deacon Zaris. This place is very large. It's three floors. 
I haven't had the nerve to go down into the basement or up toward the attic, but there's a greenhouse, there's a stable, there's multiple bedrooms. I feel like we need to try to get help, but those things out there are going to kill anybody that comes here. We could try to make a run for it, but I don't know. Maybe there's a way out of here. Maybe there's a way that they haven't blocked off. Maybe we should be searching. I don't know. Well, if there's another way out of it, out of this house, we'll find it by searching the area. So I suppose we should do that. Okay. So who's going to go searching, she says. And uh, nobody speaks up. And they all just kind of look at you for direction. All right. Who are the guards again? There's three guards. And then this man, one of the priests, stands up. He says, I used to be in the military. I think I could help. All right. There's six civilians. Deegan says she knows this place, so she's coming with. Take two of the guards, so... There's the one who's injured. There's the one who's also a priest. There's the one who seems like a normal dude. And then there's the one woman. Normal dude and woman. The rest of you stay put. We're going to have a look around. Five civilians and two guards wait in the dining room together. Who knows what'll happen, but they're together. You and your party of four people go heading off and exploring. You have with you Gonzaris, you know her. This woman said she's Lieutenant Anslow, and this man said he's Tim's, Sergeant Tim's. So there's the sergeant, the deacon, and the lieutenant. And the four of you are now searching this place. Where would you like to go? I see some stairs. Yep, there are stairs that go down. There are stairs that go up. There are. There's a balcony that leads outside. There's a door that leads out west. And uh, you're on the second floor right now. There's also a door that goes east if you wanted to go back through the dining room and out the other way. What's downstairs? I ask. Okay. Uh, Zara says there's a basement down there with a lot of booze. It's like an old wine cellar. Good place to start as any, right? You head into the basement, down the stairwell. The stairwell is made of stone. As you walk in, you see a training circle, a small room where people could spar each other, and uh, a large room with multiple barrels of, of booze, uh, and you and your party walk in. Small barrel of booze, you say? There are 11 large barrels of ale, and four counters of various wine bottles and they're all in this massive room with big stone pillars the entire place is made of stone and it's all beneath the ground split up and look for clues jinkies i'll roll investigation say 17 most other people haven't found much but with a 17 you're looking around the room and you see there is a pathway over here that leads to a bunch of armor stands with weapons all over. And it seems like whoever used to live here used to train on these training dummies and uh, use various weapons in this small room. As you're also searching, you notice that one of the bottles of booze doesn't have a handle. It doesn't have a spout. Like one of the barrels doesn't have a spout. Mm. And you also notice a path that leads upward. Oh, up the path. Do you bring anyone with you? or you just? I'll bring everyone with me. As you walk through this path, that it keeps going outward, and it seems to be deep underground. This is no longer part of the basement. It seems much older, and it's very cold down here. And the walls are more dirt-like. It seems like these are some tunnels. 
and you see a large well in the center of a room with three entrances. One you just came in from the south, one to the north, and one to the west. Have you ever been down here, Deacon? Uh, no. I never went into the basement. I, I looked down there for a minute and, and noticed it was a wine cellar, but I didn't do much else down there. This place is terrifying. Let's go down this way. I head for the west part. As you walk west, you notice a basement, a different basement, in some kind of small shack. Uh, there's a single pillar in the middle, and there appears to be uh, no way up to the building above it. There's a ceiling above you that's made of wood, but there's no way up there. Roll a generic investigation. 18. Within 18 of investigation, you notice some dried blood under the stone. And you notice that there used to be chains in the center pillar in the middle of the room. And that this seems to be like some kind of cell where they would hold people. Ah. And you also hear something in the distance walking around in the hallway you just came from in the darkness. I motion everyone to be quiet. And you know what? If I may, I might want to lay down a trap. As a guerrilla fighter, the subclass I created a while back, you can set up traps. So the way you set up traps is you just say that you want to set up traps. You pick a location on the map you would like to set up a trigger. There are three kinds of triggers. False floors, where you dig a hole and do like a spike pit kind of style. Pressure plates, where you make a little thing that when it's pushed on, it'll activate something. And trip wires which, when not seen, can be scuffed by a foot and then trigger a trap. So you ha currently have five traps that you can set up before anything happens, like pre-setup, if you have time. How many would you like to set up in this room? If the trap does not get set off, you can disarm it and use it again. I'm just going to set up one in the middle of the hall. Um, which kind? A pressure plate, a tripwire, or a uh, pit? Um, yeah, might as well be a pressure plate then. You take a little mechanism out of your pocket that you built. You have a few of these. Place it in the in the hallway. Where in the hallway? Do you want to go deeper into the darkness, or do you want to leave it at the entrance? A little deeper into the hallway, into the darkness. Just a little bit. Roll perception with disadvantage. All right. All right. A four. Uh, you can't see anything in the room. You walk in, and you set your trap. Do you go back in the room, or do you keep going forward? I go forward a little bit and make sure I remember where I put that trap. Okay. <laughs> you set up the trap in the hallway and you walk forward. Everyone else is waiting in the room and uh, you feel there's something around here and you're not quite sure what it is. And you heard the noises coming from down the hall, but you don't know if it's gotten closer to you since it made those noises or not. Hmm. A stealth check to try and make my way closer to the entrance and see if i can get a peek 17 as you walk in you see three of those spiky monster things from before the horrifying toothy mouths and spikes all over their body with bright white empty eyes and you they don't see you but they are walking around in the darkness kind of aimlessly i'm gonna set up another trap i'll make a tripwire this time at the entrance and then Make my way back to a group, tell them, all right, three of those spike devil things out there. I've set traps. I think I'm going to try and call them or, you know, get their attention. I'll come through, trigger the traps, and then we can hopefully finish them off. Your crew is ready. 
Uh, they pull out their weapons. The priestess holds out her hands and they glow a little bit with fiery energy. Oh, very nice. The sergeant pulls out his big battle axe. And the lieutenant pulls out her sword and shield. And they are ready as can be. All right. How do you call the creatures? Yes, that's a very good. Oh, this is... <laughs> hey, uh... Yeah, you guys just call out like, Oi! Monsters! Din Din! Okay, you start banging on shit and screaming monsters, Din Din. Yeah. Uh, and they come running. That you, you can hear them shuffling and running down the thing. They run past the trap. This one sets off your first trap. Now, when traps activate, there are a couple of things that can happen. I want you to pick a type of damage and an effect. Let's go projectile with, I suppose, poison. Idea. All right. The creature runs up. Roll 3d6 damage. Uh, 12 in total. An arrow shoots out of a mechanism that you stuck on the wall that no one had seen. And when it hits the tripwire, it basically triggers a tiny little crossbow. It shoots an arrow straight into the thing's chest, and it begins to get poisoned, and it takes 12 damage. It keeps living, but it's moving at a, at a slower rate, and it's still running towards you. Right. As it moves up... I want you to roll a uh, d20. Just a straight d20. Alright. Four. Damn, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, you don't notice anything. It keeps running, it hits another trap, triggers it again. What is this kind of trap? Is it another arrow trap, or is it uh, something else? Um, I'm gonna say this is a, a weight trap. Okay. And uh, what effect does it have? Grappled. So, as it steps on the pressure plate, a massive part of the ceiling collapses on top of it and pins it to the ground uh roll 3d6 damage again four it takes four damage it is basically dead it has about it has one hp and it's currently stuck on the ground okay pinned under this trap right next to the pressure plate the second one runs in and triggers the trap again these creatures are too dumb to realize that they can disarm the traps they run past the uh tripwire the arrow then shoots again as they trigger it firing again at it roll 3d6 again four again it takes that damage it keeps running it's poisoned runs onto the second trap immediately gets uh hit by the heavy weight roll the damage again there we go 10 it gets hit by the weight and immediately dies getting grappled and pushed to the ground and the last one comes running. It sees the trap, breaks it, runs past the arrow. It basically uh, sees the tripwire on the ground that the other two were hitting, and it rips it off the wall. Uh, and the crossbow falls to the ground, the little arrow shooter. It then walks up to the second one and uh, triggers it and gets hit by the heavy weight again. Roll your damage. Six. It is pinned to the ground with the other one, but it is still alive. As you turn the corner, it is your turn. There is uh, two spiky creatures stuck on the ground, pinned under heavy weights. One of them is almost dead. It only has one health. And the other one is at about half health. And they're staring at you. What do you do? I'm going to start with the one that has more health. Roll the 23 to hit them. You pull out your spear, quick point. You've had it forever. Mm-hmm. And you stab it in the face immediately. Roll damage. Three. Okay, you stab it for three damage. It's still alive. Roll another attack. 
16. You took out your spear, quick point, stabbed it twice. How does it die? I stab it through the eye. One each eye? Sure. First hit was kind of frantic, then I took a breath and stabbed it again. So, yeah, in both eyes, I guess. Yeah, you, you frantically stabbed towards its eye and hit it in the eye, but it didn't go all the way in. You pulled back, and then you stabbed it in the other eye and went straight through its head. It is dead. There is a second one on the ground. It's laying on the ground. It has one health, and it's pinned under the stone. It's about to break free. Yeah, I guess I just don't take the chance. I just rolled the hit again. 22. Yeah, that hits. Roll your damage. Four damage. You kill it. How do you kill it this time? Do you just... What do you do? That through the through the mouth it's it looks up at you crushed under the stone about to break free stares at you screeches and it says no and then you stab it through the mouth and it dies they just say no yep it screams no as you stab it through the face it dies you've killed all three of the horrible shadow creatures one of your traps is still together still works uh, so you can go take it back if you want to undo it at some point. I will. Um, so the rest of the group looks at you and they're like, holy shit. <laughs> you just killed three of those things. You just fucking knocked them out. Yeah, these these traps. Yeah. yeah, they're pretty good. You're lucky they didn't break immediately. Right, yeah. Uh, so what should we do? So far, you've explored this small prison room and you called for the creatures and killed them. The area is now clear so far. You don't know if there's more out there, but you haven't gone north yet. Uh, you could head more south if you don't want to fight any more creatures or you don't know what else is up there. Well, I just remembered I do have torches, so I think I'm going to pull that out and actually go ahead and head north. Okay. Do you uh, take your pressure plate back and undo yeah. your trap? Okay, so you undo your pressure plate and you get it back. So you still have four traps left. Every time the trap is used, there's a save. And if it fails, it breaks like that. The creature breaks it. So you've managed to keep your trap. So you head north with your torches on. Your friends come with you, your allies. And you find a doorway into a crypt. There's an old abandoned crypt in front of you. And there are uh, skeletons in the crypt on the walls. I go ahead and poke the skeleton with my spear very gently. You poke into the skeleton, and this one seems just like a normal skeleton. But you're not sure what else might be in here. And you're kind of wondering whether or not those things you fought came from these, like this area. Wait a minute. Did the, did the creatures come from this way or from the cellar? I don't know good question can use a survival check to try to follow their tracks but the floor is stone so there might not be any traces well give it a shot anyway well i rolled survival and it was a nine so yeah it seems like they didn't leave any tracks because of the stone right so yeah you're in a small catacomb and in front of you it keeps going up your group with you they say what are we gonna do here you're the trap master what should we do well we're gonna have to check on the group upstairs but for now, I think we should keep going. Uh, you head more north. There is a passage to your to the west right next to you that ends in a dead end, and there are more skeletons inside. All right, but there's nothing in there worth uh, noting. 
other than just dead bodies, you can make a perception check to try to look closer at the bodies. Sure. Or an investigation and actually go in there and touch the bodies. Uh, perception will do just fine, I think. Uh, 18. You look in there and you see sleeping in the room is one of those spiky creatures laying on the edge, just sleeping, breathing. <sighs> I tell the group, be ready. I'm gonna walk over because now I know that since I now know that these things can talk, maybe I am gonna try and you know at spear point, of course, I'm gonna try and talk to it. Do you set any traps or do you just walk up to it? I just walk up to it this time. Okay. With my spear in hand, of course. You walk up with your spear and you look at this creature sleeping. So do you wake it up? Yeah. Okay. Do you put your manacles on it or anything, or do you just straight up wake it up? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I just stir it. You you kind of poke it with the back end of your stick, and it gets up. You see its eyelids open, but underneath are just white, milky, glowing eyes. Right. And it stares at you, and it immediately goes... <laughs> and, it, like, screams at you. And it goes to attack you. Uh, since you readied beforehand, you can attack it before it attacks you. Okay, I will. 15, 16... And 10. First two hit, uh, roll your damage, uh, 1d8 plus 2, if you're using two hands. 15 damage in total. It's almost dead. It's it's bleeding on the edge, and you just stabbed it twice. Right. Do you want to do anything to it? No, no. Do you want to try a different way? Because it didn't work so well for your friends. Roll intimidation. You might be able to scare it into sitting. Four. Oh, really? <laughs> I'll give you advantage because of the fact that you just stabbed it twice and killed its friends. Alright, now it's eight! Oh my god, yeah, okay. So you're just not used to fighting these things and you're still kind of scared of it. So yeah, what do you say to it? Now, now look here. We we can try, you know, killing each other or or we can try talking. What do you want? Huh? Huh? As you say this, it attacks you. So it bites into you and it deals eight damage to you. Ow. Make a wisdom save. 14. Um, nothing happens to you. So it bites into your neck Ow. as you uh, as you try to stab it. Uh, it is then your team's turn, and they come up to you and try to back you up and intimidate it into stopping. They walk up behind you, and they're looking like, okay, we're going to scare the shit out of it. And they all walk up, and they immediately look like terrified. And it doesn't seem affected by any of them. It is now your turn. You're standing in front of it. It's almost dead. And you can, if you take it to zero, you can do non-lethal damage. So you can basically knock it out or grab it or something. You know what? I'm I'm a little tick. I try to be nice, but I'm just going to punch it on arm strike uh, 18. Yeah, so you hit it. You do three damage. You knock it out. You basically punch it in the face. It falls down to the ground and falls unconscious. What do you do with the body? I mean, I'm tempted to just, you know, try to kill it. Like, I punched it because I was pissed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Zaris, the deacon, she walks up behind you. She puts her hand on your shoulder. And she says, do you want to kill this defenseless thing? Or should we learn more from it? It's your choice. Might as well see what we can learn. I tried that and, you know, didn't want to cooperate. But sure, we can... Uh, actually, I have some rope. We could just tie around it. She says, uh, all right. You take the rope, you tie it around the creature and tie it up. And then uh, the captain walks up and he says, I can carry it. And he picks it up and he puts it on his shoulder. Sure. 
Um, what do you do? Do you head back or do you keep going forward and just... We might as well head back. Okay. You and your crew head back toward the mansion. Do you just bring it straight to the dining room? Yeah, maybe not directly into the dining room because, you know, don't want to startle everyone. Into, like, the hall in front of it, maybe? Right. You bring the creature in. Uh, he walks up to this, uh, like, patio and drops it on the table. Sure. And all the rest of the people... Yeah, double check on them. As you walk in, it's only been about ten minutes since you left, and you really just went downstairs. Come back in, and you see them all just kind of sitting and discussing what to do. The father says, uh, Can we really trust Orvin? He says to everyone in the room. And Orvin says, What are you talking about? And he says, You have those glowing scars on your back. Like, you could be infected or something. You could be being possessed by these horrible demons. Uh, and the captain over here, he says, Father, why would you turn against one of us? We're all in this together. I thought Alamis was a protecting and loving God. And he says, the gods don't matter right now. Clearly the gods are abandoning us or testing us. And I say we cast him out. And everybody's kind of mixed feelings about the whole thing. Uh, and then you walk in and you see this discussion happening. People seem to be kind of turning on the guy who got cut got uh, scraped right like how's he looking roll an insight check with advantage uh 19 with a 19 you can tell he is getting kind of pale and he does look really tired hmm all right and the wound could be infected but you'd have to physically touch it to find out and look at it right anyone here have medical experience all the religious people hold their hands up <laughs> So that everybody is basically a doctor. And does anyone feel comfortable looking at him? Double check, make sure if the perhaps it's just sickness from the wound, perhaps it's a curse. As you say that, they all start lowering their hands. Uh, the father first, then the shaman. The former corporal, uh, he keeps his hand up and the younger pastor keeps his hand up. And they both sort of walk over towards you and the captain stumbles over and they say uh, i guess we'll do it sure thank you yeah just double check make sure he's feeling all right they say should we take him somewhere else away from everybody else i suppose so take him and take him into the kitchen they bring him into the kitchen and they start looking at him i think i should join them the other three are watching the creature as it's tied up it's still unconscious you walk in everybody else sort of walks away from the kitchen right <laughs> And they're sort of healing him up. They're trying to heal him magically. And they're like, I don't know. And the former corporal puts his hand on him. He's trying to heal it. And his hand starts to turn a little black for a second. And he pulls his hand away. And he says, uh, I think this might be, uh, this is pretty dark magic. And it, it could, might, it might even be infectious. I'm not sure. Hmm. We should definitely keep him away from everyone else. Oh, boy. We should probably find somewhere to house him so that he doesn't do anything crazy well there is a spot in the basement that could serve as a cell uh okay yeah let's take him down there so they walk down toward the basement and put him in the catacomb area they take him all the way out there and they're like this place is terrifying uh but you seem to have cleared out everything uh do you do anything to secure this area uh well i might as well lay down a trap okay um what do you lay down this is a precaution, so it's more... 
Yeah, there's pressure plate, uh, tripwire, or uh, pit hole thing, like false floor. Yeah, pit hole. You dig a small hole, put a fake floor over it, and then you basically tell them, all right, don't step on this. Yeah. <laughs> they are continuing to heal him. Do you head back to the others then? Uh, Might as well. Yeah, see if, see if that one guy's awake. You go back upstairs, and you see the four people from before just kind of sitting hunched around the table, and the three guards, or the two guards and the deacon are watching the body. Uh, It is, it's starting to wake up now, as you walk in. And it's sort of tied farther onto the table, Uh, like they tied it even more to the table, so it's stuck to the table. And uh, it starts, like, hissing, it goes... What was that? Could you speak up? Try again. Why? I don't know. Well, why? Why are you a spike demon? And it seems to be struggling to respond. Like it's fighting itself. Is there anything you want to do to help it? I don't know. Is there anything wrong with its mouth? Um, as you look closer at its mouth, you notice that its entire mouth is like split open with teeth that like jutted out from its jaw. When you look closer, it seems to be wearing, like, clothes. Uh, like, ripped clothes. Like, it's not... It's barely wearing any clothes, but it seems like it used to be wearing clothes, but the spikes have destroyed it. Right. The deacon looks at you and she says, I think this guy... This is a person. All right. Well, real quick, I'm going to hurry back downstairs. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you run downstairs. Get away from him. Just hate to do this. I think we should leave you here. We might come back. Uh, just remember, there's a trap right here, so, you know, don't do anything stupid. As you walk in and say all of that, they're holding him down. And he's starting to grow spikes out of his skin, slightly. Like, he has bumps on his skin. Right, yeah. And his voice is deeper. Yeah. And he says, I just tell him, like, okay, go, go through the hall. And I actually have a net. I think I'll go ahead and throw on him. All right. As you say, go through the hall, they start to walk away. This guy runs out. You throw the net on him, and one of the spikes pierces through his skin into the young pastor, the young kid. Oh, boy. He's 22. He's really young. He just started being a pastor. Gets a fucking spike right through his hand, uh, and it's, it's growing through his hand. And you throw the net on him, and he's currently grappled and tied to this thing, to this post. But his spike is stuck in the kid, and the kid screams like, Oh! Oh, what is it? So yeah, the kid now has a spike in his hand. I mean, that means he's infected too, or...? I don't know, you gotta look at it. Mm. Uh, Roll medicine with advantage. 18. With an 18, uh, you can tell that, yes, his hand is starting to get infected. It's getting blacker and grayer, but you still have time to do something about it. All right, I just immediately ask him, can you lift without your hand? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess. You guess? Okay. And yeah, I cut <laughs> off his hand. I have a knife, which not the best choice, but that's I got. You take out a big-ass Rambo knife, and you try to chop through his hand. I need you to roll strength. I'll say you have to beat an 18 to cut through. That's a two. All right, roll again. All right, 19. All right. You cut into his hand, and it doesn't go all the way through. You pull the knife back, and you hit it even harder. And he's just screaming. He's like, ah! 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 
And you fucking cut his hand off. Yep. And he falls to the ground. Get him out. You grab him and you start bringing him out. And you jump over your pit trap. At this moment, you I need you to roll a history check. Eight. All right. You don't remember what happened. Hmm? You keep going. Uh, it starts to try to break out of the net and the chain. And he you see him slowly changing and turning grayer and grayer and grayer. Until eventually he becomes slightly different than the other one. He seems almost stronger than the others. Huh. And his mouth hasn't completely cut open like the others did. And his ears grow longer. And his eyes, instead of being gone and white and dead, they are a bright glowing yellow. And instead of his skin being pale white, it's pale blue. And he seems more alive than the others, and he jumps at you. Okay. He's going to try... He fails. He triggers the trap. Roll 3d6 damage. Seven. Okay, what kind of damage does this pit do, and what effect does it do? Piercing, and I guess restrained. He falls through the floor, into the pit, onto the spikes, and he takes seven damage. He's still alive. He's, he's very much alive. And he's stuck in the pit for now. He's going to have to try to climb out of the pit to get out. But he's not gone. He's just sl- slowed, basically. I told the others to go back upstairs, and I'm not taking the chance. I'm just gonna... I have a, like, crossbow. Like, he's still in the pit, right? Yes, he's still in the pit. He will eventually be able to climb out, but for now, he's still in the pit, yes. Yeah, not taking that chance. I'm gonna roll to hit him uh, with the crossbow. Nat 20 and an 11, so... Oh my god, okay. Nat 20! Roll your damage, and we'll multiply it by 2. Seven. Okay, 14 then, right? Yep. You do 14 damage to it, and it's still alive. You shoot arrows into it, and it seems like it's still kicking. Like it barely affected it. Right. You still have one more attack. You can shoot a third shot if you want. Yeah, sure. Uh, 24. Okay, roll damage. 10. Uh, It's still alive. It's at about half now. You shot three arrows into it, and it's still kicking. You still have a bonus action, and for you, as a bonus action... You can uh, throw a trap on the ground somewhere. Uh, you can use second wind to heal yourself. You can use action surge to get an extra action. So like a whole other three attacks. Or uh, if you use second wind, you can also run away once you use it. I think for my bonus action, I'm going to use a sling trap. Okay. Uh, make it a bear trap. All right, you throw a bear trap on the ground. Where do you want to throw it? In between you guys or in front of you and then running over it? Between me and him. You throw a bear trap on the ground and back up about 10 feet-ish. Right. And it is then his turn. He's going to climb out. He gets out of the hit, out of the pit and he starts walking forward and racing towards you. Oh my God, he got a one. He steps into the bear trap. Roll 2d6 for me. Eight. Takes eight damage. He takes eight damage, and because he ro- fell, he rolled a one. He falls back into the pit, <laughs> and he's gonna take three d six damage from the pit. So roll three d six damage. Nine. Okay, so he takes seventeen damage total. He steps in the bear trap, gets restrained by it, and then falls back into the pit, and takes the damage from that. The bear trap is now in the pit, uh, attached to him. As you look over the hole, you see he's still alive, but he's almost dead, and he's screeching. And he's, he's speaking full sentences. I will kill you! 
We will kill you. Who's we? You will be one of us. One of the spawn of the stars. The seer is king. And now it is your turn. He says the seer is king. Can my spear reach into the pit? Yes, if you use your bonus action, you can get an extra five feet. And you can poke into the pit. Eh, I'm okay with that. I'm just going to use the crossbow again. Okay. Then you can shoot three times with the crossbow. Okay. All right, well, my first roll was a nat 20, so... Okay. Roll your damage and double it. Yep, that's 11 damage. You strike into it with 11 damage, and it is dead. I have no idea what you're talking about. I just shoot right in the center of the forehead. Okay, you shoot it in the forehead, and Orvin dies. Do you see his face appear as he slowly dies underneath in the spikes? Your spike trap is now done. You use that full trap. You can try to get your bear trap back if you want. Uh, I'm good. All right, you leave the bear trap in the pit with him. And I want you to roll another history check. Natural one. Everything seems cool. So yeah, he's dead, and you killed him. I go back upstairs. Make sure the guy whose hand I chopped off is doing okay. How you doing, buddy? You doing good? As you run upstairs and look at him, the other priest, the former priest, the corporal, is healing his hand. Good. It basically, his hand doesn't come back. He just heals the nub. He basically takes his hand right. and it magically glows fiery, but also golden light. And then he touches the guy's hand, the nub, and his hand, like, the nub heals, but he has no hand now. Yeah. And uh, as you walk in, uh, you see the creature again, sitting on the table, as it uh, wakes up. And it's already awake, and it's, like, screaming. And it's saying similar things to the other one. It says, The seer! You will join us! You will join the seer! You will join... But it says it in a more broken voice like it's not the same as the guy downstairs it's acting slightly different anyone got an idea on who the seer is anyone the shaman walks out and he sees the creature and he hears him say seer and he looks to you and he says i've heard about this i've heard a lot about you and he walks up he pulls out a staff and he just starts beating the thing to death. He just starts angrily bashing in its head. Uh, do you do anything to stop him? Uh, that's fine. He bashes in its head, and it dies. Why? He's asking us questions while constantly biting and scratching at us. I don't... I don't get it. The shaman looks at you and he says, Hi, I haven't introduced myself. I'm Shaman Loveday. It's nice to meet all of you. Nice to meet... None of you asked me my name or anything. Yeah, sorry about that. It's fine, I get it. It's been a lot going on. That horrible creature, I've heard legends of it before. Horrifying legends of creatures from outside our reality. Of things from beyond the stars. This spawn is a Gru. A star spawn Gru. And he says, I don't think this thing has been alive for a long time. Why not? Sometimes they turn the living, and sometimes they turn the dead. Wherever this thing came from, there's something down there making them. There's some kind of creature that's creating these monsters from the dead. And everyone that they bite, everyone they scratch, everyone they pierce with their spikes becomes like them. But faster and stronger and more intense. Roll a history check. 
Come on, negative one. Oh, <laughs> it's an eight. God damn it. <laughs> Your guy has no memory. I get it. There's a lot going on. Yep. Um, he says, anyone who has been bitten by these things needs to be quarantined right now. Or impaled with spikes. We already took care of that, though. As you say, we already took care of that, though. One of the All the people you were hanging out with look at you. Yeah, we had an incident with, what was his name, Orville? They say Orvine, and they look at you with disgust for a second. What? They say, look, they point at your arm. Oh. Oh, yeah. Shite. They say, you don't remember? Oh, uh, yeah. Forgot about that. You look down in your arm, and you see it's almost completely black. Crap. Okay, well, um... So, they all look at you and they say, you just said we should shove you in a pit of spikes and kill you. Oh, no, that's fair. So, okay, yeah. Yeah, I was just showing, uh, Orvale, you know, a nice little pit downstairs. Here, I'll show you. I, <laughs> I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna lean into this and be like, yeah, sure. Oh, I have a lovely cell set down here. Let me show you. <laughs> <laughs> The pastor kid looks at you. He looks at his nubbed hand. Yeah, that's fair. He looks at your arm. Yeah, I know. Oh, oh yeah. You think there's time for that? Um, the corporal pulls out his sword. <sighs> no, you're right. All right. <sighs> oh, this is gonna suck. You put your arm on the table, and the corporal says, "I mean, it took him after he got scratched. It took him about an hour to change, but that was from the thing scratching him." Yeah. And then he got stabbed in the hand, and his hand was changing color pretty quick. Yeah. And then they, the deacon walks up, and she says, He got bit maybe ten minutes ago? Yeah. And it all went by so fast. And he says, uh, well, there's no wasting time. And he pulls yeah. out his blade. And she puts her hand on the blade, and her hand glows fire hot. She takes her fiery hands and touches the blade. The blade gets, boil like, super heated. And they put your shoulder your wing on the table and they hand you a piece of wood like a wooden spoon from the kitchen and they put it in your mouth and they say all right <laughs> good luck <laughs> i know okay oh shit uh-oh <laughs> uh -oh. how many swax is it going uh -oh. to take <laughs> oh my god <laughs> what dice are you oh using oh my god <laughs> okay 12, <laughs> 12 strikes later. I just fall asleep in the middle of it all. Like, <laughs> uh, uh. Oh my god, they had to roll better than a 15, and they fucked so hard, they kept getting way lower. So he takes the blade, he cuts into your arm, he cuts into your arm, he cuts into your arm, repeatedly, and repeatedly, and repeatedly. Scream a little for me. <laughs> <laughs> why? I understand why, but could you improve the how? Um, okay, and then he does it again. <laughs> and he finally strikes into your arm and cuts your arm clean off. <sighs> As you fall backward, the two other priests uh, heal your nub. Thank you. Uh,. <laughs> You're now missing an entire arm. Yeah, and the best parts... You use two-handed weapons. Yeah. 
You get. I, I think I almost think down the line you'll be able to change it to something else because you have to adapt. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So you now have lost your arm, so you'll only be able to do one-handed from now on. And when you shoot your crossbow, you're only gonna be able to shoot one shot at a time instead of three. Okay. Because you can't reload it as quickly. All right. Unless you have somebody stand with you to reload your crossbow for you. <laughs> so you've lost your hand. Everybody's staring at you. You kind of get up and compose yourself. Uh, what do you do? <laughs> You've just lost your arm. <laughs> uh, is anything happening to the arm, actually? Uh, yeah. As you look at the arm, uh, the arm starts becoming more and more pale and bluish. And spikes start coming out of it, and everybody's kind of backed away from it. Yeah. And it sort of sticks into the table. Oh. So, yeah, you're, you are lucky. And your nub isn't black. Your nub's fine. Yep. So it worked, but yeah, your arm got fucking ripped off. So luckily it was your non-dominant arm because you were blocking it. <laughs> but yeah, you won't be able to do as much damage with your spear. Yeah. They all look at you in, in insane shock. And uh, I think you're like the perfect person for this situation too because you still have the traps and everything. And the traps kept them away. Like you only got attacked because you tried to talk to them. That's the reason. You, you think back to when you lost your arm and you realize that you lost your arm because you tried to show them mercy. That's why it bit you. If you would have just set a trap like normal or ignored it, you would have been fine. But because you wanted to see if they were human, if they were alive, they bit your arm. So a little prompt pops up in the corner and it says, it says, you will remember this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So they all look at you and they're like, so what should we do now? Uh, I'm a... Uh, okay. So, don't go downstairs. Hey, what's upstairs? <laughs> so, uh, the deacon looks at you and she says, "There's beds up there. Beds. There's 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 guest rooms. There's kids rooms. There's a master bedroom, and uh, I think there's an attic all the way at the top." Beds sound good. Bed sounds. Let's. Eh, I could do a, a rest. Roll a con save. With disadvantage. Uh, 19. Okay. I can still play, coach. <laughs> With disadvantage, you got a 19? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, you fight through the pain, and you kind of stand up, and you're like, fine. You don't even need to rest. You've had so many hardships in your life that it was like nothing. You and Also, maybe all the nerve endings in it were, were weaker because of the infection, but right. you're not quite sure. Uh, the Tegan looks at you, and she says, uh, So, where do we go next? <laughs> and everybody's kind of staring at you. Uh, well, I like the idea of going upstairs. Uh, the three people in the other room uh, come in, and they see that you've lost your fucking arm. They see the dead creature in the room. There it goes. And <laughs> this man begins to panic insanely. And he runs straight for the door. What do you do? He's walking past you. Wait, where is he going? He's running toward the door. He's panicking. To leave? Yeah, he's gonna go, he's gonna go open the door. Do you try to stop him or do you let him go? I I half heartedly try to stop him. Like whoa 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 whoa. Like, I don't I don't physically grab him or anything. I'm just like hey 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 don't do that no. He opens the door and suddenly. A massive monster 
with nine bug hole eyes, a large proboscis and wings with big, long, bug-like uh, arms sticking out of it, grabs him and sticks uh, into his chest with the proboscis. Oh. Uh, how do you react to this creature? Do you see it? Is that the seer? It doesn't seem to be. All right. Well, how is he looking? So he gets stabbed in the chest, makes a save. He coughs up blood, and his eyes start to turn pale white. Okay, uh, get out, get out, get out. <laughs> get out. <laughs> They're all like, oh my fucking god. The kid with no hand, he's like, fucking run. <laughs> and he, get, he panics and runs upstairs. Yep. Everybody just starts barreling out, and fucking Cash is like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> so is the monstrosity actually in the house now, or? Uh, it pushes its way into the doorway. Okay. And it is... Yeah, trying to come in. Okay, yeah, yeah, just upstairs. And also lay a trap, uh, a tripwire trap at the bottom of the stairs and, you know, as we're going. All right, so as you go, you hear the sound of the of the bug. Mm-hmm. And you remember, you heard that downstairs when you first went down there. Uh-oh. You heard something in the dark, and that's what it was. It was down there in the catacombs. And it came up here. To catch the no, to get the thing you took, the creature you took from downstairs. Oh, seriously? Yeah. So it sticks into this man, and it's like turning him into one of those. And yeah, so you start running, and everybody gets upstairs. You race up the stairs toward the second floor. Zaris points to a stairwell. You run up a different stairwell up to the top floor. She says the master bedroom's that way. You run through an old study filled with books and pages run past it and race straight into the master bedroom you run into the master bedroom and stumble toward the giant bed in the middle of the room and fall unconscious and yeah that's where we stop for today did you have fun that was a bit fun yeah i really like the the gorilla fighter like holy shit oh yeah yeah, there was some good versatility with that. I, I think I'm going to incorporate that. You have to roll to see if the trap breaks every time. I think that's a good good balance. Because yeah. you can use it multiple times, which makes sense. But each time, it's like easier to find. and it, yeah, I think that really works. I think it's a great class. And the funny thing is, is you get all that shit back when you, when you rest. <laughs> so yeah, this has been really good for testing. It's really shown some of the things I had to tweak about the module. But I think it was fun. I think it's a really improv-heavy setup, so it takes a minute to, to get into it. But once you're in, I think it gets very good. So I hope you had a good time, Scott. Yeah. It's been a while since... It's been a while since you played D&D, right? Yep. I had a great time. And yeah, so that was the Stormy Night at the Manor, Murder Mystery Dinner, Abyssal Horrors. Yep. <laughs> I'm glad we did this. All right, so everyone at home... uh. Thanks for listening. Uh, Bye. All right. So long.